Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. beautiful listeners welcome back inside the sound this is we all know who this is uh (laughs) (laughs) this is mj uh aka i'm not done (laughs) no good please ryan go ahead please take take the microphone and and run and i'm gonna just be quiet well we have a very special guest today inside the sound would you like to introduce yourself to yeah, our beautiful huh? listeners. <laughs> that, that's a quote from something. Introduce yourself. Oh, it's a cheer. Yep, that was a cheerleading cheer. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is off to a good start. I'm Jen Grinnells. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> well, one thing you got to know is we like to have fun, so we consider this more of a conversation than like a formal formal interview yes i read that and i prepared i got caffeinated it's probably hitting right now yeah yeah oh my gosh it's like a simultaneous sip you know just i feel the caffeine spike cheers everyone cheers are you a coffee are you a major coffee person uh yes fiend specifically cappuccino i'm a big cappuccino lover you tell. Yeah, I got into tea. I, I know nothing you... about coffee. <laughs> you know nothing? No. Uh, nothing. I've had some coffee in my lifetime. It was not a pleasurable experience. I don't drink it currently. It comes from beans. Yeah, that's what I know. <laughs> I think I watched a YouTube or maybe a Netflix on it once. I'm not, I haven't. I, I know nothing. So you seem very interested <laughs> in coffee, and I'd, I'd like to understand it better, you know, from. Oh. Uh, it's from the drug. <laughs> My vice of choice. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Because you know, That's if you're stimulated, you're awake. Yay, yeah. Yay, vice yeah. of choice. We're all awake now. Yay, vices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen, I'm just so happy to meet you. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, so, what Jen, we... um. Does this go out to a lot of young people? I mean, should we start out by saying, <laughs> yay, vices? <laughs> yeah, I know, I, really. I'd like to think our target demographic is uh, people who have uh, who are lighthearted, uh, but also <laughs> understand that, you know, adults are adults. And I, I don't want to censor anybody here when they come on, and we're kind of free-flowing ourselves. I, um, But I'm also not going to necessarily go out of my way to be, I don't know, you know, because I've got, I've got family, like I've got kids, and, and look, I've got 
you know, some cousins and, and, and nieces and, and nephews. And I want them to hear the show and, and just be excited about music. So I've really enjoyed. Yeah, why don't you be honest? So why don't be honest? Don't censor yourself. Jen, you want everyone to be proud of you because you right. did a great job. Sorry, Jen, but that's hundred percent. Yeah. I'm on my own tangent here. I just hope that you, you understand the vibe is, is I just, the, I definitely enjoy your, your music. You seem super cool. I kind of want to get to know you a bit about your journey into music, um, what you are, what you're doing now, how you're coping with like, you know, 2021 being kind of crazy and please take it away. Tell, tell us like, uh, well, Ryan, well, that was like 20 questions. I know, in one. I so to, why don't you start with your musical? Overloaded. Ready? Go. <laughs> musical <laughs> origin stories. Musical origin story. How you, how well, oh, how far back do you want to go? How far back is interesting? What's interesting? Well, you? we kind of, I don't know if you like superheroes. You probably see some in the background here because I'm in my toy store. I always but, love pointing out the toy cave. It's got to do it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, uh, out there. So I, I'm sure you all know that every superhero has a good origin story. Kind of what got them in, into wanting to be a, uh, a hero, you know, like what occurred to them. I don't know if it's <laughs> some people have had some really awesome ones. They're like, I don't know if mine's gonna be like a superhero origin story, but believe it or not, a lot of them have been really the cool. Crazy no thing. The spider <laughs> bit me. And um <laughs> You don't say. You don't kidding. say. That explains the voice, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Superpower voice. Um I'm trying to think what the most interesting thing. I think it was there was definitely not a, metaphorically speaking, a spider bite. Um, I think I, <laughs> you know, I think I've always sung. Um, music has always been something I did since I was, I think, five or, you know, kind of came out singing. And then no one ever told me to stop. Yay. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what uh, my origin story would be is that, um, I think lots of people when they're younger, you know, they're exploring what interests them and they are singing and they're learning to play instruments. And, um, but I feel like everybody I knew, we all wanted to be singers or actresses at some point or a princess princess was on that list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then, um, so I always had that dream from when I was little and then, um, luckily was just encouraged at every step, you know, like, uh, starting with, elementary school choir directors and then junior high choir directors and then high school doing theater and then going to college and studying musical theater but um being more you know vocal voice being a focus um and was always in bands growing up and uh I guess there was like a I I dabbled in professional musical theater for about five years after college. So that was a little, um, you know, I, on Monday nights, (laughs) okay, now we'll just get into it. So on Monday nights, um, when the theater was dark, um, I would play at a bar with my best friend and the owner named our night bitches in heat. And (laughs) (laughs) we, uh, it was so bizarre. It was, um, uh, an Irish pub in a strip mall in San Diego. Oh, wow. And we were singing like our original breakup songs. And that was, really <laughs> and it was, oh, it was awesome. It became a thing, you know, it was really cool. And um, 
I think that was kind of my first, you know, dabbling in, um, I'm going to write my own thing and see if I can make something out of it. And it was such a nice change from, you know, wearing tap shoes and doing the same show seven to eight times a week. And you did say uh, wearing tap shoes just now. Oh yes. oh, yes. Oh, there was, there was dance numbers involved. Oh, of yes. course. Okay. Just but oh, yeah. tap, tap shoes. That's sort of an ancient art, you know, don't you think? Oh yeah, totally. And I think it's cool because it's uh, well, musical theater. I think is pretty much uh, an American mostly art form, and not to say there aren't musicals all over the world, but I think it no musical judgment. theater kind of developed <laughs> yeah, in the U.S. and tap really developed in the U.S. in the style that we know tap to be. Like it's different than clogging, and they're related, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anyway, tap isn't that fascinating? Okay, yes, so tap it, is. Happens. it really is actually. You always yeah, have to wear special shoes to perform. If I could interject for a sec, you decided to go into musical theater first. Yeah. And then you just, five years later, you decided that you wanted to take a different route. Like, yeah. What was that process like? Uh, deciding that, you know, what you really wanted to do, I guess, probably happened sometime in there, huh? Yeah. Um, I definitely got a little tired of the tap dancing and was like, yeah, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, think there it just felt like I really enjoy theater but you are playing a part that someone else wrote it's a pretend thing whereas writing your own songs about you know what you're processing in the moment and um it just feels like such a pure art form um and I just felt a little more satisfied doing it yeah um but also I I remember well first my college professors tell me that I always had the Debbie Gibson plan, which was, I was going to do my own music first and then go do theater. <laughs> and theater just happened. Like you, you're just so happy to get a job when you're in theater. And I felt really, really lucky to be working. And it was nice that I had this Monday night thing that I could go do my songs. But eventually I just got really bored with the shows. I mean, I was in one show for like two years. I was playing Janis Joplin Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Great. Yeah. And um, also I, at the same time, I got one of my first managers. And so he was just like, let's take these songs you've written. Let's make this album. And um, I put together my first tour, which was very like, I think I planned it for six months and it was kind of like, I'll just try it. You know, I'll I'll not take another theater gig and I'll try this tour and I'll, (laughs) I would get, like I'd figure out where I had a relative I could stay on their couch. And then I would go to that city. I would beg for like a, you know, Friday night show at a bar. And then I would play open mics every night leading up to that show. This is so old school. I love it. Cause I was like selling CDs. the open right. And I'd be like, come to my show on Friday. And so then by Friday, people would show up that had heard me at the open mic. And I think that what you're talking about, like that switch for me was the very first show that I did, which was in Denver when I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing, you know, I'm going to put my stuff in storage and I'm going to go for it. Um, I got to the first show, which was, can I curse? I don't know if I'm sure. <laughs> Be you. I, I, you don't have to say I got a, <laughs> I got a speeding ticket on the way. So, you know, oh you're, my, you gotta you know, be kidding me. <laughs> I got a speeding ticket in the middle of Wyoming for going 10 miles over the speed limit in the middle of nowhere. And this is when I've made this decision to, you know, live off CD sales and open mics and, and bar gigs anyway, but I still got to that first show in Denver and um, yeah. yeah. 
And I, that show where I was like, oh yeah, this is what I, it's just a different feeling. Like I've always loved musical theater and I still love it. And I'm working in musical theater right now. But um, when I did that first concert, I, I was like, oh, oh, this is it. Yeah. Hmm. This is what yeah. And We've talked. Oh, sorry. Like 10 years or the six months turned into like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Mature, we're at so. the threshold point then man it's been <laughs> hey you did it you yeah. did it that's that's the important thing that's what we like to to talk about the fact that you had to decide to make that leap it's like i'm gonna give this a go 100 and see what happens and we've talked a lot about that with other musicians just the courage that it takes not only to do that for financial reasons but also the courage it takes because it was all original music you were going to play right so you're putting yourself out there emotionally the criticism and sharing a part of yourself to the world so um taking that dive what was that like for you like you said that people were mostly for you so you had support but still how was that knowing this is it um i think yeah i I mean i will take some of that like you're so brave as you know, I'll take some of that, like, sure, for totally. But I also, um, I'm a pretty calculating person, um, and pretty, um, logical and kind of rational. So, um, I think there was definitely that leap of faith. There was definitely the, you know, put stuff in storage and literally I made an income from only CDs. Like I couldn't do what I do now. Like I couldn't have done, that wouldn't have worked now. But back then I had enough experiences where I would go to open mics in San Diego or go to, you know, or my Monday night gigs or whatever, where I, or even sometimes I, at musicals, you know, they sold my CD in the lobby. And one of the shows I did, the director even had me do like a little mini concert in this little cafe outside the theater. I knew because I kept records and books that I could, sing one to three songs and I could sell 20 CDs. Like I knew that calculation. And so it was like, if I, can I make a living doing this? Is this going to be a consistent thing? And so pretty early on keeping those records and everything, I did know like I can make a living because people do buy my CD. I can go to an open mic if I need to make money that night, I can sell 20 CDs. Um, That was like pretty typical you know, it was like also a ratio thing for me. It was like, okay, I'll, if there's only 10 people there, I'll expect to sell eight CDs or whatever. But I also think that there's, um, I eight wasn't doing 10 music. Guests like, approve. That's pretty good uh, engagement right there. 80%. You're telling me 10 people come to your show, you would sell eight of them CDs? At an open mic. That's incredible, yeah. frankly. Like that's. I mean, I thought so. I, I would try to tell like prospective managers that over the years. <laughs> like, do you understand how, like, folks, do you understand how hard that is? <laughs> like, Basically, if they came, you wow. got them. That's if insane. They came, you got Usually. Them. That's Usually. insane, Jen. Like, that's cool. But I think that there's a couple things that went into that. One is like, I wasn't playing music. My songs are not wildly outside of the box. You know, I would say they're main, pretty mainstream. They have just enough like, especially the older ones had just enough like edge to make them like not too like yawny. But I also think (laughs) that when your voice is your main instrument, people can connect to a sonic, like they can have an emotional connection to a voice in like 30 seconds. Oh yeah. As opposed to 
writing an amazing song and like having to process the lyrics and relate it to your life. You know, I think hearing a voice that you connect with is a much quicker thing. So I was super, super lucky in that sense that I think sometimes people could just make that judgment in a short, just hearing one song and be like, well, I like that voice. So I'll, I'll take home the CD. That's my theory. I don't know. I believe it because that's why we wanted you on because yeah, when you hear a certain voice and it just captures you like on an emotional level, then you're like, okay, I want to talk to that person yeah. and see. Yay. Woo. What did you guys yeah. even hear? I don't even know what you heard. Honestly, your, your recent song, um, was it sometime this year? Easy this year. Easy this year. Easy this year. That was the first. Yeah, one. that that uh, felt like a very. So maybe it was just you know an in general type of thing, but it felt yeah. Sorry. Okay. Oh, that makes me so so happy because that's. Um, I guess another thing when I say like I was really like, uh, I not logical, but like, I would go into open mics and I to be totally crass I would just blow my wad like first thing you know you just you just be like here's my highest note like here's my most emotional song because you, yeah. <laughs> you only have like a couple seconds so I spent a lot of my career being like here's what I can do emotionally and tricks wise and stuff and easy this year well first I'll say it's a really easy song to sing it's not like some crazy vocal gymnastics or anything like that and it's the first song that I've totally produced on my own. Really? Just like, that's great. Yeah. You know, on garage band. In, in, you know what? Precious about it. I in will the- say this, like the, the production value and some of the little nuances, you know, things going on in the background as well. Take skill. Like it was, it was fantastic yeah. in my opinion. Like, and I really felt that, uh, <laughs> Like I said, I don't know if you were you were talking about personal things in there, but if you were, you were being pretty candid about a struggle that a lot of people deal with, you know? So I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that. Yeah. Um, oh, it's de- so I co-wrote it with a friend of mine, but it was my <laughs> issue. So I'm the <laughs> artist that put it out because like, <laughs> my therapist literally was like, well, I think you're my most well-adjusting client or something like that. And I was like, but I'm in your office. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. you know. I thought it was the funniest thing to say. Or I was like, what am I paying you for then? I don't know. Like, it was. <laughs> well, well, he just likes talking to you now, or she just likes talking to you now. So. I do enjoy talking to her. I, I have to super- ask. You said it at least, I think, a couple times about being calculating. And I don't, I just, I'm curious because that sense of humor we're just talking about right now, it, it, it's, I see it and I wonder if you mean to be so subtle with like, like the throw out line about the, uh, at least according to my therapist, right in in the tune. Did I? I mean, so that was the conversation with my friend who I was co-writing with. We were just talking about all the struggles during the pandemic and all the the crappy ways that it's affected us. And I told him that story that my therapist had told me that, and you know, he was like, "Oh, that's going in." <laughs> and then I think he was definitely conscious the way that we wrote the two lines. Like I, I definitely intended it to be like, like, you know, (laughs) okay, there you go. I understand. Thank you. So yeah, it was, it's intentional the way that it, it lands and that you might laugh at it 
I love um, a little tongue in cheek. Not laugh out loud, but yeah, like like I wanted there to be kind of that flip of like I am so stable. I mean, <laughs> my therapist says I'm like really stable. <laughs> you know? There's definitely some some humor in that, and um, and also it kind of echoes the the title a little bit. Um, I just loved the way that you get the title and and it's easy. This It's not about how easy it is. It's how easy it is to disappear and how easy it is to just feel like you are not even living a full life right now. <laughs> so intentional and calculated. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, I know that MJ can probably relate to me that some of those lyrics have been very true for us just because the way life gets nowadays, you know, we live in such a stressful, weird society. And like you said, during 2021 with all the pandemic stuff. So these are real things that, and I think you might be surprised that way more people have these problems than you think. <laughs> no, so. I mean, I don't know if I'd be that surprised. I feel like I felt like, um, I just can't imagine that my, what I was feeling was not universal. I mean, I don't, unless you're maybe a person going out every day into the world, you know, if you're front lines, maybe, but I've definitely gotten this sense that so many people are feeling isolation. So many relationships are going through difficult things because it's a whole different ball game when you're around each other 24 seven. And, um, you can't peel yourself off of the couch and like, you know, I think I told someone recently that like just working last year, even though strangely it was the most prolific, productive, creative year I've ever had of my life. It still felt like mud. Like it still felt like, uh, can I I pause you to say congratulations? Because that's, you realize what you just said though? Like that's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. It's, it's kind of a weird thing to say because it's also the, like the most terrible year we've ever had, right? There's so many tragic, horrible things. We, we, we live in the peak. We live in the peak of human history, Jen. Like you got to understand, like our ancestors never had the internet. They didn't have this connectedness that we get on the daily. Like I, I don't know. I didn't actually look and see where you're from. Can I ask where are you physically from? Where you? It was home base. Can we ask what state? What city? Like where is this? Yeah, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Portland. Portland. <laughs> oh, cool, Portland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just I know it's been difficult there. It's been different. It's like a different pandemic and different uh, zip codes. It feels like it's just between what you physically see with your eyes and what you see in the news. So I like to think that it's a, you know, I I don't know. Like if we focus so much about everything went wrong, we forget to actually look at some of the positive. There were so many good things from last year. Um, I mean, you just said that you had essentially one of the best years of your life. And you're wanting to like downplay it because like you feel bad because other people have, ha- have had it tough. That means you're like a really cool person, by the way. But like, just <laughs> no. But you gotta like you gotta look at that. You gotta look at that, and you gotta be be proud of it, and you gotta be grateful for it. And you know, and it's okay to to you know self hype a little bit. I mean, like <laughs> your music's amazing. Like your music's great. I'm hooked already. Like I've I already put several in my little playlist thing I've got on Spotify. Well, I just I love it. I love it. You know, so, you know, you gotta be proud I'm of what you're doing. Here. I'm going to interject here. Please with, do. I don't want to take get, it away, uh, Ryan. I'm going to lean back. I don't want to get second. too mystical get on here, here, but excuse me one second. I, gotta... I kind of feel like when there has to be um, polarity and balance and everything in life, you know, so 
if really terrible things are happening, you know that there are really awesome things happening at the same time to balance everything out. Like, oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, that's something I believe. So that, that to me makes complete sense that you had the worst year and the best year at the same time. Like it's the weirdest thing, but it does happen. I know exactly what you're talking about with that. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have been the best year if it wasn't the worst year. Like it's exactly what you're saying. Like because right. of everything that happened, that was why every I was so productive. That was why I was so prolific. That was why I was so proud of everything I was making. Cause I've never been in a scenario where, I mean, first of all, I'll give a shout out to my Patreon patrons. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Patreon. Holy. I could use a little help, but you know. It's what? Nothing. Go ahead. Please get to you. I was trying to interject they're, without interrupting. They're, they're, they're just, <laughs> I couldn't, I don't, I feel um, Your Patreon almost people. bad for my friends that don't have Patreon because they have had okay. to struggle so much more than I have this last year. Whereas for me, I got to keep my job and I got to keep making things because I have Patreon. So even when touring dried up and wow. there was no opportunities to do that, like I, my Patreon is set up so that um, I get paid every time I make something essentially. So I was motivated to keep creating. And then there's no tours to worry about. There's no ticket sales, nothing, you know, to do besides just like create art. And luckily so many other artists were in the same position. They were so eager to collaborate and everything moved really quickly because it's all we were doing. You know, it was like, you could either sit home and, and watch TV or you could call somebody, write a song, call somebody else, have them mix it and then put it out in two weeks. And so I put out two albums and one with my best friend, um, one that I had been sitting on for a second and finally could like put out and then um, started collaborating with a friend named um, Al Howard, who's doing a hundred songs. Cause he was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do for this pandemic? He's a lyricist. So he just started just like reaching out to everyone he knows. Um, and he's incredible. And um, yeah, he was just on the Kelly Clarkson show because she uh, happened and loved him. Kelly Clarkson. And, oh man. And I just, I love that he would, he'd write lyrics. He would like be taking on what's, what's, what's going on, what his experience is. Um, he's black, which I was like, so interested in what he was feeling. Um, and so he'd send his lyrics to me and then I would see what I connected with. And then, you know, I could tweak a little bit if I needed to, and then I'd write the music and then we would put it out. And there was like, it was so cathartic <laughs> to, to have that. it come out like quickly instead of having to sit on it for a year or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it was about, you know, how does this pandemic feel? It was about, um, uh, how does, well, there's one song that, so we put it out to our patrons and it's actually going to come out digitally this month, but it's about right. how you have to just get out of your apartment, out of your, out of the city and you have to go to nature for a second and you'll you can forget about everything because you're not watching the tv and you're watch, not watching news and you don't have to wear a mask because you're in the middle of nowhere camping and how you <laughs> like you can just like get that sense of hope back and like bring it back with you you know and i just it was just so cathartic to write a song like that and get it out so i love that experience what was the name of that song that song's called take take okay take yeah and it's 
It's cool. So it just, oh, and then, you know, the easy this year, that was just my friend Jesse going insane in Manhattan because he's like stuck in his apartment and he was like, write a song with me. You know, he just <laughs> never, I don't think he would have done that if the pandemic wasn't happening. And, and then he wrote it and I mean, he didn't write it, but we co-wrote it. And then um, I was like, I want to work on the, the dem- you know, the demo of it. And I was at a friend's house um, they'd already had COVID. So, uh, you know, I was like isolated and my, uh, husband was with hanging out with them and I just, you know, did it in their office. They were in the background. I didn't tell them to shut up. I was just like, whatever, I'm just doing this. And <laughs> so cathartic to do it and just get it out. And I'd never done that before. And I loved it. Wow. So that's my friends you can well, hear in the result, background. But, <laughs> wait, that's what we can hear the, the, your friends. No, but it, yeah, you talked about you could hear like the, the people in the background and stuff. So I I liked that you. Could yeah, it just had such a real a, a live feel to it, is what I would say. It's, it 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 feels like a live performance, and I think it's what really helps uh, communicate the message in the song so well. Cool, I like that. Um, yeah, so that that's my story. that's all of it wow we got it done in record time oh my goodness i'm just kidding nice talking to you guys (laughs) (laughs) well we're probably gonna get disconnected we uh we usually do this together and it's a little bit more of a sophisticated setup but we ran into a couple of things so thank you for bearing with us here jen we appreciate it we appreciate you um, you know, it's funny, uh, you, you had mentioned that you hadn't done like any solo, uh, music or like a solo album in, in a, in a long time. Um, I had the solo album and I, I sat on it for two years and then I put it out in November. Oh, great. So, uh, what, what made you put that on hold? Um, <laughs> I didn't want to put it on hold. Uh, people around me wanted to put it on hold. So I think it was just, it's a, um, you know, the, I've, <laughs> in the time it took me to make it, which was also really long, like I went through a couple producers, I went through a couple managers, uh, I went through a couple publicists. It was like, it just was, it was a struggle to find the right team. And every time I got a new people set of people in place, they wanted to make sure that it was getting kind of like maximum maximum exposure. And so they wanted to, everybody kind of wanted to do this like old school release sort of structure, you know, do the single first and uh, push it out to outlets and get your name out there. And so we did, I think I released like four or five singles first Um, and then finally did the album. And I, you know, it was, I get that it was, um, it was kind of a weird time to release an album because there was a lot of other things in, in the news and um, maybe there aren't as many people streaming right now. I don't know. No, it's the opposite. But, By the way, it's the opposite. The people are yeah. starving for content, good content, just so you know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had one girl on my team that was just like, this is so frustrating. I just want you to release it. It's <laughs> Let's just go with your guts. Go. Hit the play yeah, button. So, and that's probably why the other stuff was so satisfying. I mean, the album with my best friend, we recorded it in like a, a week, not even. 
you know, found the publicist, put it out, boom, boom, boom. And it, it felt great. And, um, wow. And then same with the stuff with Al. And then obviously this single, you know, it was just, I think we're just in a transition period where it's, it's just changing. Like the process is changing. You don't have to wait and put things out slowly. And Yeah. A lot of uh, other artists have echoed that sentiment that it's like, everything feels so new still. Like, cause usually by the time the whole process is over, like it feels super old. Like when they get out and get to playing it and get, you know, to listening back to it or whatever, but totally. that's been refreshing. A live album coming out in February and we're going to push it back <laughs> just a little bit. What? Because, no, no wrong play. Because wrong of play. the inauguration, you know, so they're just like, we don't want to compete so with what? that. So what? You need, you people need escape from the, from that nonsense. They need good stuff to keep them occupied so they don't have to focus on the crazy. You should do it now. Just today, hit the button, hit the button. Okay, Hit sorry. the button. You know, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, there's just school, different schools of thought. And, and I'm not the one that's trying to reach out to get publicity. So I don't know. But the crazy thing is, I think this live album is from three different nights of touring. That was in the beginning of 2019. So when it comes out, it's going to have been two years wow. since those concerts. And I'm just like, I feel like a different artist now. Yeah, <laughs> so Really? Yeah. So it's kind of what you said, where you're just like, I don't even know if I feel connected to that anymore. But but yeah. um, <laughs> that's an interesting thing, like, because you change, you know, over the course of time. And it's like, you could look back on that and be like, wow, I don't, like you said, I don't know if I quite resonate with that as much. That has to be a really odd experience, huh? It is. I mean, um, before this last album, I took down all my other albums because <laughs> I was just like, they're too old. It's too different. It's too like. But what about it's just, career arc? Don't you want people to be able to hear where you started, where you've landed? Um, not yet, no. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, especially because they're you know for so many years touring was my main income, and I, I think two things. One is, I was nervous that they would hear the old stuff before they'd hear more new stuff, and they would make a judgment to buy a ticket based on old stuff that I wasn't proud of. And that I, I think I also, I just got so tired of hearing people be like, oh my God, we're so much better live. If anything, I want it to be the opposite. <laughs> I don't want people to come and be like, Oh, I'm so glad I came. Cause I just, you know, that's kind of what was happening. And, uh, and then you also don't want them to go home and be like disappointed in the CD they bought because they really enjoyed the life you know, they enjoyed you live and then the CD's a letdown. I would rather people hear music, be really excited about it and then go and, you know, maybe it's better on the CD. I don't know, but at least they bought a ticket. <laughs> so, right. you know, um, I, and I also think that that music was on there long enough. And the fact that it had, didn't really have its own life, like it, there wasn't enough sharing and, oh, and, and natural growth happening that I was like, that's just not, strong enough so hmm. what do i lose by taking it down like yeah i have less com content and maybe people can't see an arc but i can always put it up later but right yeah, now you can i just remix it. it i mean there, like if you don't if the song is never done you could totally well that's a really cool perspective actually that's neat because <laughs> then you could you're not like necessarily saying oh never again you just you hang on to them and you maybe might huh 
No, I really, I appreciate that's that. That's probably easier to keep the, uh, your positive, you know, energy going, just knowing that everything I have up right now, I'm super proud of, yeah. like, and not, not and worrying about anything. Else. There's value I in think, that. Yeah. I think, I mean, there was definitely people that wrote me, they were like, well, how could you take, there's like two songs that people were really upset. Maybe three that people were like, <laughs> why would you take those down? But, um, <laughs> one of them I put on my most recent album. I just was like, I'm going to redo it how I wanted. I just did it live on my latest album. <clears throat> and then two songs, I think two, maybe three, oh, four, five, <laughs> five songs <laughs> from like previous wow. albums are going to be on the live album, uh, that's coming out in February. So, um, it was my way of taking you know because the producer is an artist like they are a cook in the kitchen like so it was nice to be like okay i'm gonna take these songs and i'm gonna put them on an out like take down the produced versions that don't feel like me anymore and put out these live versions that are purely me because they are me in the theater you know doing the thing make like one song even has like me making jokes in the middle which my mother says i'm gonna regret putting on the album really <laughs> and this, this song is which one um no, continue. I'm sorry. there's just there's a little there's a little song it's called i don't want to be happy it's very you can like hear my musical theater roots in it it's just like this cute little song but it's very ironic it sounds happy it's not happy and the audience <laughs> it, there's audience participation and um it's funny yeah so, that's all i'll say that's all i'll say because if i tell you it'll not make it as funny when you hear it. You'll be like, did you say that? Jen, it kind of seems like there might've been an element of, because you said you originally wanted to play your own music, you know, be yourself. And that was one of the issues you had with the theater. Do you think maybe it just took a little longer than you expected to actually feel like this is me? Like this is actually me. Uh, yeah. And, and it might even just be like a week ago that I got there because it, I just love that you guys responded to a song that I did by myself, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that like, it feels really good to be like, Oh, there's no other people's vision in this. It's just, it's just mine and it's people responding well to it. So, um, yeah, I think I'm a late bloomer. (laughs) Yay. Oh, well, I'm still recording folks and we just lost Ryan and, and Jen, wow. Uh, what a great conversation. I hate that we had to cut it off right in the middle, but man, just it's so much fun to talk to musicians. It's so much fun to understand like when they don't have any barriers up and they're just themselves, like who they are. and It comes out in the art and it comes out if you just like talk to people. This has been the biggest blessing um, you know, at least of my 2021 hashtag 2021 of of this new year is just to be able to live a life where, you know, I get to welcome a lot of joy, you know, and and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of good positive vibes to everybody else. So folks, you know where to find us, anchor.fm slash inside the sound. Don't forget the Underground Kingpins Spotify playlist 
hashtag 2021. All the artists that were excited. You will see Jen featured there. I don't remember where I put her in the... It's like five hours of music at this point, maybe six, something like that. It's a lot of music, folks. Uh, there's a lot of great musicians and a lot of their songs. Like it, just it, you're gonna love it. So check it out. Check out a few Jen's tunes and love you all. Bye. All right, we're gonna see if we can take a a take two. Hold on, we gotta. Let me do another. Are you there? Hello. There you are. Here I am. Thank you, Jen. Wait, Jen's still here. Yeah. What really? Oh, I I did a little monologue. Like I thought, okay, this probably isn't gonna. Let me just wrap up this forty minutes of audio. We can do take two or part two. I mean, not take two. Yeah. Part two. Yay! Hi, Jen. Hey. No, I, she's uh, awesome. You can already I, tell she's. I know. <laughs> hanging in here with us. Oh, you're great. Thank you so much. I just wanted to add, so I'm glad there's a part two because I I feel like I have to give credit where credit is due. Like the producers I worked with definitely have listened to me you know I, I think I've been a pain to work with most mostly so I don't want it to be like I don't know I, I think I, it's what you said where I've just been I'm a late bloomer and I've just really taken a long time to figure out what I like and what I like making and who I am because um, the producers have been wonderful people um, and then also give credit to Jesse Rubin because I was like this is the first song I did all by myself but really <laughs> he pulled that song out of me you know he it wouldn't have happened if i was not um, co-writing with him he is not introverted it is not his story <laughs> he's very extroverted and that's why he's going insane during the pandemic whereas <laughs> in a different way than i am whereas i'm like very happy to not talk to anyone for months at a time and it gets unhealthy so um uh, i wish i could say i didn't relate to that <laughs> You do. That's why, I mean, that's what's cool about the song is, I mean, you can relate to it if you think I'm being sarcastic, but you can also relate to it if, like me, like I truly am an introvert and I truly have really been finding it like an easy way to ignore people for the last 10 months. <laughs> it's a, don't apologize. <laughs> um, so you were talking about how... Um, you you had difficult times with your producers in the past. Even was though that just? <laughs> did you say even what? So they're wonderful people. Like oh, I don't yeah. want to. No, and I understand that. Like it yeah, has. Yeah, not, yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's just like were you just in a spot where you maybe you did want more creative control than you thought you did. Yeah, I mean, my my most recent manager is like, you need to always be producing stuff yourself. So that it's not like, you know, you're not bumping heads constantly. Um, but I also think, yes, I have been super, super opinionated about everything in the studio. But I also have a sense of, I don't know what I don't know. So, for instance, if a producer tells me, 
like if I say I want this song to start with like just bass and drums, I've had the producer be like, you can't start with all low end. I don't know how to argue with that. I don't know how to be like, no, it's, I mean, I mean, I know I can because we can hear it, you know, <laughs> have like past experiences that tell them that EQing is going to be weird or mastering is going to be weird or, you know what I mean? Like they have to deal with these more technical things that I didn't have confidence to say, um, oh, I don't care. I want it to sound like that. You know, I didn't trust myself to hmm. always keep pushing in an argument. Um, I think I just had a lot more to learn or, or I just had to be more confident and, tr and trust my ears and be like, if I like how it sounds, who cares if it's not filling every EQ thing it's supposed to fill or, you know, who cares if it's not how it's normally done or, um, well, it's, but like hard, I still think it's hard to tell if that producer makes that suggestion because they really think it's the best one or if it's because it makes their job easier in the mastering process because they don't know what to do or they don't like they maybe have not had the experience of of trying to translate because that's what you're doing when you record you're trying to just like translate an idea from the artist to the listener and maybe they just didn't know what the heck they were doing you know maybe and it's hard to hide when you're such a professional and you know a lot about a lot of things it it's like this person's paying you good money usually right when you go into a producer um you want to get get the dollars worth you know what i'm saying like i, I don't know if i'm i'm <laughs> You know, it could, be, oh, yeah. it could be a lot of things, but like, you know, you as the artist have to have the vision and you need a producer that is open enough to step in when they think you're indecisive. But if they can sense that, you know, you have a vision or you have a direction that they'll be free enough to let you run with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And yeah, I mean, it was funny the um, the so the producer that I ended up with for the last album, Go Mine. The title track, <laughs> which uh, is is just great, by the way. I love that that one. I heard, yeah, that's a good. One. My parents hate that one. You can't please everyone. <laughs> um, wow, I, it's recorded live in the studio. So, and we'd already tried to produce it different ways and different producers. And I was just like, I love how it lands at a concert. So why can't we just try it live in the studio? And I think we did it twice maybe twice. Wow. And it was, I freaking loved it because the band that that producer had hired, they just improvised the bridge in a way that I'd never improvised it live before, but everyone's just like making eye contact. And it was like, it, I just, you know, we finished that take and I was like, I love it. Like, I just freaking love it and don't do anything to it. And so he did like, kind of what you said, like he got paid, but he did like nothing to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, sent it. And I was like, um, no notes, no notes. Like, just don't <laughs> touch it. Don't do anything. We're not adding anything. Like, you know, it was the easiest song on the freaking record. It was like the only one that we didn't struggle with. And it's like so many people, it's definitely my favorite and it's so many people's favorites. And um, not that that works all the time because the song right from the start on there, that was also live and I really like it, but I think for most people it lands kind of like, it's fine, you know, but I like it so much better than being slick and produced and lots of tracks and, you know, lots of sounds. So, uh, I guess that was a case where I got to kind of like get away from, that was kind of my first experience of like, just don't add stuff. Just let it be what you've worked out with your band, what's worked on 
you know, when you've been band director and you've been like, you come in here and you come in here and let's try this. And, and it feels more less affected. Is that the word? Sure. That works. Believe it or not, we've had long discussions about exactly what you're talking about. Like there's something about uh, an individual and their instrument and just like the purity of it, like the emotion you're able to feel like a lot of times through the, the production process, like some of the emotion is lost and it's like, and it's because, you know, we've kind of gotten into cookie cutter ways of doing things. And we're like, we're to the point where we're just like, like you were saying, you know, like we want to make music that sounds good to me. It's like, forget the rules, forget the, you know, industry standard. Like I'm just going to make music that makes me happy and it feels authentic, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think, and that's, I keep going back to easy this year. Cause I just love that. That's what you guys heard first and that you liked it. because it's just so weird to I just thought I was making something for kind of of like a demo you know I did I wasn't precious about it I was just kind of getting the ideas down I was having a lot of fun it didn't take me very long I was definitely more comfortable because I was singing by myself in a room without paying a ton of money you know with someone across the glass like it was an easy vocal. It just was, everything about it was really, really easy. And then when I finished, I was like, huh, I really like this. I really, I really, really like this, but I did it on GarageBand. I can't put up something I did on GarageBand and like, there's people talking in the background and I echoed them and, but I like that, but it can't do that. And you can kind of hear the click track in the beginning, but so I got, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. And then I sent it to Mike Butler who um, mixed and mastered it. I did my own mix first, but um, just let I me, had, may I just confirm? You said a person's name, not not an employee. You didn't say I sent it to my butler. You said <laughs> Mike Butler. Yeah, <laughs> no. Okay. Just making sure. I'm just you guys. You know, yeah, I was going that. really well for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Man, this 2021 is really treating you pretty well, Jen. It's, I told you 2020 was a good year. No. Well, if you're going to uh, spend all your time at home, you might as well have a butler, right? Yeah. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it'd be weird to have a butler on all the time right now. You just be like, uh, change the channel. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to Mike and I said, I've tried to mix this. I've never done this before, but I, I want to use these garage band tracks. I want this song to just be this, like, I'm happy with this. Is that okay? And I love working with Mike. Um, Mike is uh, who I've been working on the Al Howard projects with. And Mike was like, just send me the whole garage band session. Just like package it up and send it to me and we'll do that. And so. Isn't garage band great for that? Like, well, just Apple products in general, they're very inner cross. It's very helpful for, that's great. Yeah. So I just sent him the whole thing and I, and I thought that's amazing. Like I don't have to plan studio time and like raise funds and hire a band. And like, um, I know. So here we are like late bloomer. Like, why didn't I realize this years ago <laughs> that I can literally put out a track that I made on garage band if it feels good, if it feels, and if it sounds good to my ear and it's to my liking. Well, like I told you earlier, the moment, the moment the sound came through my headphones, like I was in just the vibe, you know, vibe of the song. And if you ever need some, you know, some masterminds or creative consulting, uh, you know, we charge a reasonable rate. So, you know, if you need other ears, anyway, I'm just saying. (laughs) 
You real? I can't tell if you're kidding or not. I don't know. It's like, and are you going to bust into a harmonica solo? What is that? A mini harmonica? I can't tell. Yeah, I know. What was with that? You what are you doing? Little, my little nugget. My little nugget. I just love this thing. It's my new favorite little little instrument. Because it's okay. You know, I was at Guitar Center and I was talking. We don't want to know this I'm gonna story. Tell you, like, she asked. So the, she's listeners, the, the listeners. The listeners are going to tune in to hear Jen. She not asked, how you got that. She asked if she's getting the story. <laughs> oh, sorry. She's getting the story. Right. So I went uh, yesterday to Guitar Center and made a new friend, Andy. I'm pretty sure that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shout I was, out, Andy. What's up, Andy? And uh, hey, and uh, so I bought the harmonica holder because you know I'm working on my folksy bit. You know, I got a little thing going on. Uh, You've been wanting to play piano, man, by Billy Joel for years now. <laughs> I lost my hat. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the plan the whole time. But the point is, so anyway, I was in here Jen. purchasing this. She's still on here. She's getting the story. She's getting the full story, Ryan. She's no, still on here. Yeah, I, I got another forty minutes, so I can now I can expand upon my expand upon my ideas. All right, so I was like, Hey, are you can, still there, Jen, or did you hit? Did you the, let me tell the story. No, oh, I'm 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 listen. I'm enthralled. I'm like, where is this harmonica thing going? Oh, okay, all anticipation right. that she's. <laughs> <laughs> the look on her, and she's like pleading me with her hands. Like, please right, get to the story. Just if you quit interrupting, I could do it quicker. So, um, anyway, had a talk with my new friend Andy, and what was cool was that she she looked at what I was, um, she looked at what I was interested in, and then she asked me a, a genuine question. She's like, I she was genuinely interested in the harmonica herself, and so she asked a question to kind of gauge number one how much of a professional I was, number two. What could she learn from me? And number three, could she get my number? And so the the way she did that was she sold me on this little. Basically, she had a, a nugget like one of these little Silver Creek mini harmonicas uh, on her own keychain, and she showed it to me, and I was like, I fell in love with it. It's just so tiny. Like, look at it. It's just look at this thing. It's perfect. And then it actually plays. <laughs> anyway, so I just. Uh, I now will never, thanks to my friend Andy, I will never have to leave my home again without a musical instrument. And that's my story about there. There you go. Is that so hard, Ryan? Let me get that out to poor Jen. Just wanted to hear wow, that you, story. Wow, you should, you should have gone on tour with that. I was gonna. Digital, this is part of the digital. app now. And <laughs> where, where are we, Jen, man? For goodness sake. This is the thing, Jen. People come on here and we we want it to just be like we're in the same room having a conversation so th these things happen thank you for bearing with us I'm holding my little harmonica we got to give me such a hard poor thing where are you i don't even know where you guys are uh well ryan what's your location we are, are you underground you in a bunker the creative consultant thing thing is real by the way we'll, yes, we'll talk more about that later but it's real. um we are in arizona where an undisclosed location an undisclosed location in the arizona desert <laughs> i live in the heart of the desert ryan where do you live in the armpit or the just kidding i love you, man i love where you live the Beautiful. mystic cave what is the closest large metropolitan area phoenix uh, phoenix you might know phoenix I, arizona i would be your well, i was on tour for a decade don't forget so i know geography pretty well in the u.s like i think i've played bisbee you know i think bisbee. oh, wow. oh okay. no way okay okay all right jen i will make fun of you or anymore. like that's um cool. the, the, the veil that's outside of tucson the veil that's just south you know what i mean like really 
some random places. Yeah, that seems a little weird. Now entering, it's like we're still in Tucson. Don't pretend like we're not still in Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you guys are closer to Tucson? He's in Tucson. I'm in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Well, Easy This Year was recorded in Scottsdale. Wow. Oh, wow. Really? I've got cool. some friends out there. Yeah. Scottsdale is a nice place. It is. It I really like is. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nice. It was a nice place to, we did, you know, our little quarantine there and, um, yeah. Qu- quarantine life is really nice more. in Scottsdale, Jen. Quarantine life in Scottsdale, it's a place to be for real. It was, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was amazing because it was frigid up here and rainy and you know, everything. And so, um, we had to go down there and then we had to quarantine of course. And, um, it was glorious. I'll say glorious. <laughs> it was like 80 degrees. It was beautiful. Welcome to the desert. Yeah, yeah you can go outside year round if you want to. Like we don't we don't get snowed in or any of that stuff. Yeah. So it was yeah. a beautiful, beautiful winter, December, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's next? What's next on the agenda? well the thing is i had like three questions for you and then he told that dumb harmonica story and it's like now he got me all off track i don't even remember what you were talking about i could i could play more harmonica um i think we were just talking i think silently quietly i think we were just wrapping up the uh conclusive uh the evidence that i'm just a late bloomer and it took me a long time to know myself oh right right yeah know what i wanted to make so the the fact is that you learned it though and you've you've bloomed. That's great. I learned it. You know, another um anecdote to kind of just add to this, uh everything's changing and, and nobody knows how to go about the music industry right now and doing what you want. Um the album that I put out with my best friend, which is also, you know, amazing that this pandemic happened and um I just happen to be living in the same city as her now and she's always been a performer and a singer and all the things. And we got asked to do a concert before the pandemic. And it was just so fun. We put together like our favorite covers. And then some of my songs that had been, were more on the folky side of the um, music spe- musical spectrum. And um, we were like, oh, that was fun. Like, let's start a band. So we named ourselves Siren Songs because that had been the name of the show we'd put together. And, uh, or the set, you know. And like I said, we went in, we recorded, um, I guess the actual recording only took two days and then the whole thing was done in a week. And we recorded like, I don't know, nine or I want to say mostly covers. And okay. everybody in Nashville was just like, cause that's where I, I was splitting my time between Nashville and Portland before all this happened. Now I'm just oh. in Portland. And um, they were just like, you can't do covers. Like covers don't do anything for you. You can't, sell covers you're not going to make as much money on covers like you're not going to get reviewed with a whole album of covers like all of these things and none of that came to fruition like everything was amazing everything was so magical about this freaking album no money no time i love it it. was just two people that love singing together you know we just did our own arrangements and right away the first publicist we sent it to was like, I love this project. I want to work this project. Um, it just got such an amazing response. And I was like, nobody knows what they're talking about anymore. Just like, it's just 
an open playing field. Like you can do whatever you want and it's, you don't have to follow rules and just because it didn't work for someone else doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. It was just such a good uh, learning experience. Yeah. It sounds like it was eye opening. That's cool. Yeah. But you know, you just, you did what felt right in the moment, you know, that's great. Yeah. And it is like a no frills album. It is two girls and two instruments and that's it. It's wow, just, okay. and the whole, we did the whole that thing. That can be a powerful, that can be a powerful thing though. Like we've seen performances and there's an authenticity and a, just a feel to that, that I enjoy personally. So time. sometimes you, it's hard to replicate. It really is. That was probably the biggest feedback we got, which we thought was amazing. That people were like, it just feels so authentic and so genuine. You can tell how much you love singing together, which I thought that was such interesting feedback because that was with people that didn't know that we had been best friends for so long. And, and, you know, at one point we had dialogue between this, the album and then we decided to take it out before we put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they, the fact they were gathering that without any of our little, you know, quips or, or teasing or, I think at the end, <laughs> on the last song, we had put it in such an order because at the in one of the songs we finished, and my best friend Meredith like turned to me and she was like, "That was really good," <laughs> 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 and it was so genuine, and she really meant it. But then we just started laughing. But then, you know, we're like, if people are just hearing us for the first time, they might not understand that why that's so funny or like that she means it but she's also kidding but like you know so we took out all the dialogue and um I guess I call it dialogue but all of the you know the banter and uh and the fact that it's still connected with people was like pretty amazing See, now I want to hear there's the nothing moment. like that moment yeah. there's nothing like that moment like me and MJ have had plenty of those moments where you're just making music and nothing else matters yeah. like you you're just caught in the moment and you like, you know, you're doing something special and you both, both feel it like that. That's pretty awesome. That you had that experience because it's few things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's magic. It's magic. So I, I feel, I feel like that's happened just a lot in last year, which is part of just a lot of magic, which is really what you aim for in this music industry. You just want, Mat, you know something magical to happen and um it's uh yeah i got a good share of that last year and i'm really grateful for it the real gen was released unleashed <laughs> on the world. finally at long last <laughs> yeah. you know it's funny jen we talked to you know a bunch of awesome musicians and artists like yourself and like with the situation we're going through now we're like Usually we'd be like, oh, where are you playing next? Like, when are you coming into Arizona? Like, we want to see you live. Like, now we can't do that. And it's like, of course, like, now this has to be going on. But again, like you're talking about, you're finding ways to still connect and and do things. So that's really awesome. Yeah. I. It's weird as someone who made a living performing for 10 years. Um, that, it was, that was it. It was just, I literally toured nonstop. And sold the CDs. And then there was that transition period of, okay, now I'm switching to Patreon. And now it's about creating music and about streaming and not, and then with the pandemic, like, and then nothing live. I mean, there's, I do online concerts, just like every other musician. I get a little burnt out on those. Um, but may I ask what, and I, what burns you out? Why I get burnt out? Yeah, yeah. Is that okay to ask? 
think I put so much thought into the, I need to get the setup down so it's not as taxing. Um, I, you know, I rearrange my whole living room to make it, I want good lights and I want good sound and I want the best I can do. Um, I want to play different shows. So I'll be like rehearsing for them beforehand. And then I also, I put a lot into promoting them because I want the energy of a big audience and a lot of chatter happening and financially I want them to be worth it. So, um, I, yeah. And then, and I also just don't get quite the, uh, you know, with performing, I'm addicted to that audience reaction. I'm addicted to the applause, the applause, (laughs) Lady Gaga song about that. I don't know. Um, (laughs) that's that where you can feel that connection in the room and you feel that magic is just, that's my other vice besides caffeine. You know, I really, (laughs) performing is my favorite aspect of what I do. So, um, that's kind of interesting, Jen, hopefully I'm not interrupting you, but just going back to how you're saying you were such an introvert, like, it's really funny to me how a lot of a lot of performers we talk to, like, when you see them on stage, you would never guess that they were, they're super shy or they're super, they're, like, really introverted. So it's like, how would you explain that? Like, did that create extra stress for you? Like, or does it still create extra stress for you? Like, Abel, once you get on stage, it's just, like, a different world and you don't have to worry about things. Uh, no, it creates stress. Like, I definitely, I'm, I am shy. I'm st- still get nervous. I think I've played like over 1500 concerts this, as at, at this point and I still get nervous. It takes me a few songs to like be chill, you know, to like relax into myself. And, um, but I think I do stress about it, but I also think my introvertedness affects, it's like my, sh- the show is like my job. And so I go and I'll do it. But if I'm in a restaurant or anywhere and someone's like, sing something, I'm like, <laughs> no this is so like I don't like attention when it's not in that capacity when it's not on stage you know and I I'm not like I want to go out every night and oh I miss people you know when we were writing the song easy this year Jesse was like I miss people and I was like I don't like people (laughs) 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 it's not that it's not that you don't like people it's just you don't want to be around them at all I don't want to be around it. Like it's, it's, (laughs) I find my energy being home um, by myself. I find I need to recharge constantly. Whereas, you know, my best friend or Jesse, like they need that to be out connecting with people all the time. So I'm, I just, I, I think touring is just emotionally exhausting. It drains me. Even texting people drains me emotionally. Like I can't, text people sometimes yeah ryan picking <laughs> up the phone like there are times where i won't pick up the phone for like three days uh-huh. I never- I, yeah so the fact that we're talking to you this is like a rare experience we should like really really be uh we should be charging by the hour no I'm- well i you know this no, it's like, like we're talking, we're talking to- yeah. you know like if it's scheduled it was like if it's in my schedule then you can prepare for it. <laughs> I'm prepared for it. So it's, it feels, yeah, it feels different, but I will say also that, so in this pandemic, there was, I've done one concert and it was um, at this amazing theater in um, Bend, Oregon. It was with Meredith for Siren Songs. 
we were so nervous because we were just like, are we going to like, are we going to kill people? Because <laughs> when you're doing a performing arts center, it's, it tends to be an older audience. You know, we were just like, oh, how no. are we going to go? And are, like, we can't sing with masks, blah, blah, blah. And they were amazing and they handled it beautifully because it's huge theater and they just had people in their own little like pods way spread out. They had like cleaned and covered each seat. Um, and there was masks, just extra masks everywhere. And we did the show. I could tell she was nervous because she, um, it had been so long since we had done a concert and I wasn't that nervous. I felt so I mean, I was a little nervous in the beginning, kind of like I normally am. And then I got really comfortable. I was just so glad. And then at the end, we did our last song, like unplugged at the edge of the stage. There was still like a good 20 feet till the front row. <laughs> so it was still safe. And she she gives this really nice, like, thank you for coming speech, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I Thanks. stood there and I was like, I didn't realize until this moment how much I I couldn't even finish the sentence. I was going to say, I didn't realize till this moment how much I missed performing. And I couldn't finish the sentence and I just lost it. Like uncomfortable, lost it. And perfect. it was just such a moment where everybody, like, I think everybody was a little worried about me, but also just, I had forgotten how much I freaking love that feeling of connecting with an audience. And it was intense, man. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to replicate that. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to rep- no. So I heard an alarm go off a little bit ago. Is that like a year I have to go alarm? And you're like staying later than you wanted to, or did I just hear some random noise? I think nothing happened here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. Um. Another thing that's cool, I'll just keep telling you stings. Yes, let me like talk about myself because I haven't talked to people. <laughs> well, you realize that that's what you're here for. <laughs> yeah, um, please um, take, please, you you have experience in the theater. Take the floor, take the stage. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just think about the fact that uh, touring is still not on the horizon. So it's just an interesting. Um, what is this year going to look like? How do I plan it? Is it going to be just like last year? Do I keep going? Do I do, do I just kind of do what I did last year and do it again this year with just new material? Like what, I just feel like I'm learning as I'm going, like, what is the new career? What is the new job? What does it entail? You know, do we just not even think about touring, but no energy, you just keep putting things out and don't tour them. It's such a weird thing. Um, but I do have, uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, we'll just like plan to make some albums. We'll plan to do some songs. And then um, I had written a musical a couple years ago and I performed one of the songs from the musical because it's kind of an Americana. I wanted to write songs that didn't sound like they were from a musical, like that they could be outside of the musical theater context. Forgive me, Jen, did you just inform the beautiful listeners and 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 Ryan and myself that you've written an Americana musical. Is that what you just said? Really? Yes. Yes. Can you? I, I see. Dang it! That's so cool. <laughs> that's really. Are you serious? <laughs> like that's so cool. And you said you just well, sang a you just sang a song and it went. Did it go well? It went really well. So, um, yeah. So a couple of years ago, it was kind of this thing where musical theater came back around and and a. Uh, a friend who had been a musical director of a show, the one I did, Janis Joplin, he had a theater company 
So he commissioned me to write 10 songs for this uh, musical. And, um, and then the theater company folded and, you know, nothing ever happened. So I was sitting on these songs. And, um, but one of them is just perfect for siren songs. So we put it in our set and I talked a little bit about the musical and then the um, artistic director of that theater and that one performance that we did contacted us and he's like, I want to produce this musical in whatever form it's in. Like, like, I want you guys to do whatever it is here. And so we did. Thanks. Thank you. It's very exciting. So then last week we did a, a meeting that was with him about how do you do that now in this pandemic? Like what, what can you get done? Do you, what can you get in place? Like, how do you involve people um, doing auditions like, like we're doing right now? Um, And uh, do we wait until we can get a hundred people back in the theater? Do we wait until we can get full capacity back in the theater? But it just feels really good that we're going to move forward in the safest ways possible right now. So it's like, okay, there's something on the horizon. It wasn't touring. It's unexpected, but it's something to do with live performance. And it, it kind of shapes what I hope this year looks like, but not in a way expected. It's just been interesting. Like, Oh, here's, here's a way forward. That's cool though, that the opportunities have been there when you need them. Like the, the gaps have been bridged and that that's really cool. Yeah. And it's really cool to know everything's working out for you. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I'm, hyped for the, I'm hyped for this though this musical do you have is there a name for it um uh, officially it was called like the civil war project because we didn't have a name i call it uh rosetta because it is based on uh, a real woman who um she i'll give you the elevator pitch she um she was a soldier she pretended to be a man and uh, fought and died during the civil war. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And she, her, because her identity was, uh, her real identity was never discovered. Um, her family didn't really talk about it. And then about 20 years ago, her living family now published all the letters that she had written home. And, it's just freaking fascinating. It's just so fascinating because she was definitely somebody that was searching for like a sense of identity. And I don't know if she would have called herself transgender today or not. I don't know. She didn't have the terminology back then to, you know, describe what she wanted or what she was feeling, but she, Definitely wanted to stay a man. She definitely loved the, all the opportunities that were afforded her being a man. Um, she definitely tried on different male names and aliases to all her with all her letters home. Um, she had friends from home that didn't care that she was now being a man. Like, and then and then she had her parents who were like horrified and and wanted to disown her basically. <laughs> It's so freaking fascinating. Like the letters are so uncensored. They're like, screw you. Don't talk to me again. And, hmm. or they'll be like, maybe I'll come home. And then they're like, nope, not coming home. Nope. I'm going to stay a soldier the rest of my life. I'm a kick-ass soldier. <laughs> wow. So, so interesting. So yeah. That's yeah. Stories. 
uh, that are out there that you obviously never heard, but yeah, it's, they're fascinating. Yeah. That's the first number of the musical is basically like that. Like what are the histories that we just don't know yet that we mm. can tell that can become part of history. Um, it's yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And I, it led me down this whole path of, they think there were 4,000 women that did this, that fought in the civil war. So wow. there's an anecdote in her letters um, they couldn't really find any research to back it up. But at one point she's, she tells her parents, Hey, it's funny. Like I'm stationed at a, a jail right now. And the cell that I'm, you know, one of the prisoners is a captain from our own side, a union, the union side who was found out to be a woman. And after she had won, you know, battles, they found out she was a girl and, and a woman and threw her in jail as like a traitor. <laughs> Yeah, things were a little bit different back then. You know, yeah. ton of weight. Oh gosh, of course. <laughs> it was illegal for women to wear pants. Wow. Oh, yeah. So wow. Hopefully we don't get cut off. I don't, just a word of forewarning, we might get cut off again here pretty soon. Hopefully yeah, not. We're at that point. <laughs> we are. Yes. Sorry. I'm just, the caffeine is kicked in, y'all. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, if you're up to chat, like, We'll keep going because you, this is very interesting stuff. <laughs> if you got time. I mean, cool. I mean, it's up to you. Obviously, we want to. No, I'm fine. Are you guys going to edit this, or are you going to put out three hours? <laughs> well, I mean, long form sort of the game here. So, um, I I wrapped up the first chunk because I thought that might be all we get. This has been an unexpected surprise. Uh, we could <laughs> do, we could do cliffhanger, leave it on two, or we could keep going. And get the third it's, act. What do you What do you say? I, I have yeah, I have no life, so it's I can. <laughs> you just made my day, Jen. I'm just so happy. All right, you yeah. know what? All right. How about we do uh, the fast five? Do you want to do the fast five, Jen? Sure. Fast five questions. So it's like the first. You don't really don't really contemplate it too much. The first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, gut reactions say. only. Ready. Yeah. What is your favorite ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. Yes. Awesome. Favorite <laughs> movie? Oh, oh, first thing that comes to mind. This is a big one. We like this question. Got reaction. Got reaction only. Got reaction. I don't know if I have one. First name that floated to your mind. Um, 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 I'm like one just came into my mind because I'm like, oh, I do love that movie. I can't think of the name of it. So yeah, big favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you name an actor? Can you name an? I like it so much. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, exactly. You're on the spot, so it's okay. I know. I don't know if I have a favorite movie. Not big into movies. Um, I am, but uh. I mean, okay, I, yeah, I'm gonna change the question. Like when I <laughs> top three favorite movies. When I yeah, when I was younger, I was just talking about this with someone. I would I spent um, three summers watching the same movie every single day, and oh, wow. for the entire summer, which means I must have seen the movie at least over fifty times. You know, um, first it was Newsies. <gasps> I'll admit it. <laughs> Second was a far off place. Because I thought Ethan Randall or Embry or whatever his name was at the time was just hot. I was, you know, probably 
11, 12. <laughs> and then I don't think my parents even knew because I was so young. I was watching Pretty Woman every single day. So I could, I could, yeah, tell you that movie. And then growing up every single birthday, I watched Troop Beverly Hills. So I feel like my, I have a stunted opinion of movies. <laughs> <It> like stopped. <laughs> It stopped around 13 or 14. And so those are what keep are blocking my forming an opinion right now. All right. So this next one is a little controversial here on Inside the Sound. Based on what you said, you might not have an answer. Here we go. Are you on Team Star Wars or Team Star Trek? Who would ever say Star Trek? Thank you, Jen. All the cool people. And we're done. And we're done. We're done (laughs) for the day. All right, folks. Sorry. You know, MJ's got appointments to keep. I'm pretty sure I have a dentist appointment and and I gotta go shopping. And I'm just gonna you two can talk. I'm gonna go if you'll excuse me. Just pardon me. Please keep talking, Jen. You're good. Do 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 like it's time to throw a little shout out to uh you know a few of the beautiful listeners and uh wonderful guests that have joined the inside the sound family uh recently uh you know who you are well let's see if uh you know ryan's gonna get me back home the Zoom Cloud meeting. Let's see if he actually uh, creates another meeting like before and invites me. Hold on. Let's see. All right. Well, maybe maybe uh, Ryan and, and uh, Jen have decided that they're done or we're going to have Act 3, guys. Oh, you know, really, I'm looking forward to both Ryan and Jen listening back to this part of the podcast where it's just me. I'm getting to, you get to hear MJ's thoughts, like in reflection upon each like successful act. This is actually a great way to tell a story in a podcast. You literally have like three sections, three, um, three stories to tell. Well, you know, while I'm waiting, I could always play a little harmonica. I could do a little, you know. Oh, there we go. Now we got a Ryan. Ryan Link sending it to me. The host will let you in soon. Yay. I'm letting into the party. I want to have a good time. Yeah. Taking forever. Okay. Well. Definitely need uh, some elevator music here. All right, folks, you get to hear us in the raw here. 
all oh here we go getting reconnected again it's happening here we go again here we go again this is the weirdest technically weird interview we've ever done the trilogy <laughs> we're making it to the trilogy folks i never thought it could trilogy. happen but here like the we original are Star Wars. exactly like that. <laughs> oh i like how you picked right we've up got, on we've got princess leia we've got han solo and we've got luke <laughs> that was a hilarious place to cut I want to cooperate with yeah. me. I really am looking forward to the break. Like when you guys when you guys go back and listen to the podcast, that after that second the cliffhanger ending, uh might I say uh more inspiring than uh Empire Strikes Back, frankly. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Right. We just need to delve a little bit more into it. Uh why uh why Star Wars over Star Trek? Um I think, well, when I was a kid, I liked the Star Wars movies, whereas Star Trek was something uh, I watched because my dad watched it every night, you know? Kind of like you're forced to watch it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Some of the stuff that comes out now I think is funny because it's very self-aware and, you know, it makes fun of itself, and I like that. Um, but the the kid nostalgic feelings are much more around Star Wars. But I did watch both. I mean, I saw the movies and I watched Star Trek on TV. So, but the the open admission of Star Wars fandom is the most important thing. Right? <laughs> Am I so, right, MJ? MJ, you just stand by Star Trek. You're just like I am a Star Trek. Yeah. Man, why are we? Through. Why are we assuming these things, Jen? This is what I want to know. All these assumptions coming. Because how oh, much of the podcast did you listen to, Jen, before you came? <laughs> <to> my... <laughs> Well, if she had, you'd, you'd be even in a you'd be in a worse spot if she'd listen to more of it. <laughs> okay, all right. How so? How do you figure this, guys? I just listen. Okay, let me put my glasses back on so I can see. <laughs> listen. Are we going to get into Star Wars? Is that what this tangent is? All I'm saying is that have you seen Star Trek: Picard, the the latest series on CBS? Have you seen that? No. Okay. No. Then come back to me. No, because me and Jen nerds. <laughs> is it with a whole different? Is it like the last thing I saw was it maybe a movie? Uh, I can't remember the titles. It was like Young Spock and Young. Is the TV what, show what this is? Is totally this is different a, generation again? This is the lead from the '90s TV show uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. So you talk about the childhood nostalgia thing. I grew up watching. My captain was not Captain Kirk. It was Captain Picard. Uh, okay, I, I watched Picard. I watched him too. Yeah, so <laughs> he's back. Uh, uh, the actor, of course, Patrick Stewart. He's Sir, very, Patrick very Stewart. Old. Uh, he kicks butt. He's he's. I would take. I would pick him in a fight over any any Jedi, and we'd come out on top. Just mm -hmm. saying, because di diplomacy works, folks. I'm just, I'm just saying it, it. Just the themes that it tackles with the whole AI stuff, which I'm kind of obsessed with. Um, it, it's very timely. Um, There's science journals for that. I'm just saying, if you saw it, you'd come back to me and you'd be like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's gonna take you over to the dark side, and you're gonna now become a Star Trek fan." But I will say that you're gonna be like, "Oh, I can't believe I waited this long before I watched this. This is amazing." Like, I ha I only drop good references, Jen. I mean, that's why you're on the show, frankly, is because I have excellent. We all have excellent taste here. I think in this room, right, right. Yes. <laughs> you know, we reckon real recognize real, yo. I'm just saying, like, we, you know, you gotta check all out. Right, uh you gotta check the series out. 
and then come back. On to the next question. I'm what definitely going to ask my dad. I'm going to be like, Dad, do you watch the latest? How does it compare? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, were we doing rapid fire? Nobody, nobody loves Sequest, right? Oh, come on. Oh, Sequest wow. with the little ah, the dolphin. Sequest. That was yes. weird. I love that. That was so I weird. had that kid's haircut. I totally had that kid's haircut, by the way. The, the oh, whole why don't we talk comments. a little about that? Like the, uh, yes, please. the weirdness of the 80s and early 90s. Some of that stuff was so corny and weird, wasn't it? I think I was so young and there was a cute boy on Sequest. That's what I remember. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm, t- I'm, I'm just talking about the, that. That was the guy. I had his haircut. I'm just saying. That was the haircut, yeah. That was the haircut. It was a Jonathan Taylor Thompson. No, that show was oh, great. No. Yeah, was yeah. it? Oh, John. <laughs> I don't think he was the actor. I'm just saying they had the same, he had the same haircut oh. as Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It was a very 90s look. There was a look. haircut of the time. Scott, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that He was like at one time, uh, all the girls wanted that dude, right? So is that why you tried to copy the haircut? It's kind of like how your hair is now, actually. As a matter of fact, Ryan, it's about that length. That's what it was. Oh, when nice was, and beautiful? When I was that age. Blowing beautiful? Yes. You have the most right. beautiful hair I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's take, hiding under this hat. Please take the hat off so I can get okay. perfect. Thanks, It buddy. was all like a, a precursor to the Justin Bieber hair, right? Because I feel like all <laughs> of those guys, they have to kind of do this head toss to like get their hair back, you know, like when they're talking. Like, yeah, baby, 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 baby. Don't you think that's going to cause like chiropractic <laughs> issues in the future? Like... <laughs> They're going to need some discs fused or something because of the twirl. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nobody can see this, right? It's just audio, but yeah. But I'm doing it perfectly, just so you know. They kind of look like the Roxbury guys. You remember that from Saturday Night Live? These guys? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly like that. That's funny. Oh, man. That takes me back. Yeah, they were doing that for a different reason, though. I don't know if it was music related. What do you mean? I think both sets of people were doing it to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> Why is anybody doing anything? I swear. Like, put it all together. <laughs> that did. Ow. <laughs> yeah, that could be part. That could be like your signature signature dance in your next uh, video. There you go. I just have to be sure to like stretch my neck out first because that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that. They were rapid fire questions. We Oh yeah, we, we only did three. Yeah, we three, right? You know. Mike MJ has one for you, I think. Rapid right? fire? Yeah. Rapid, rapidly. Me? I, I gotta do it. Yeah, you have one. I I gotta put I me, know you you, you put me on the spot. Do I have one? Um are you uh I don't wanna ask this question. Why is this question in my head? Uh but you know, <laughs> I can't, I, you know, darn, I can't, I can't remember. Excuse me, folks. I need a moment. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Uh, excuse me, guys. I, I'm on the spot. I, I was just, uh, just really enjoying the conversation. I really, I wanted to be wallpaper. I really didn't want to like be on the spot. Now I'm on the spot. Oh, okay. I've got to ask questions. Um, I was just, your mind thinking, went blank. Huh? My mind went blank. I, let's just say I've had a lot. I've had it's not the lots same of, rapid fire questions every time. Lots the same. Yeah. Lots lots of process here, guys. Uh, rapid All right, fire, Jen, fa- here we favorite. Go. Okay, fine, fine, fine. The bit's over. Um, here, I'll ask one. You no, can no, no. I, wanna, I will ask the rapid fire okay. question. I have. I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite? Because it's hard to have a favorite song, but do you have a favorite artist or album? I do. That I have. Yes. 
Um, my favorite album is When the Pawn by Fiona Apple. Oh, Fiona Apple. Cool. All right. I, I, know, I, I definitely know who the artist is. Haven't heard the album. So that's great. I'm going to check it out. I can't wait. It's amazing. Yes. It, it holds up. It's really old at this point, but it's, it's amazing. Thank you. All right. Last, last one. Would you rather take a ride in a fast car <laughs> or a big truck? Uh, a big truck. How come? Uh, I think I am assuming you said take a ride. So I'm not driving. That means someone else is driving and right. driving fast. And that would make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it was like not, a dirty, not, boring answer. Like uh, if I'm not in control, if I'm not driving, I don't want to go fast. No, oh, but if you're driving, you do like to drive fast then. huh? Yeah. If it was like on a racetrack or something, that would be fun. Where I felt, you know, I'm not like a speed demon, but I'm also, it's not like I like cross-country skiing either, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird sport. What is the point of that sport? I mean, no offense to them. No offense to what they're doing, but it's, good it's a weird hybrid. Feels unnecessary. I hate to say it, but. It's, it's hiking with skis on, I think. But it's... <laughs> right. It's so much more fun to be pointed, like to be on an incline. So, yeah. But even <laughs> when I am snowboarding, you know, I, I, I'm sure by most people's standards, I'm going pretty slow, but I think it's exciting. <laughs> oh, so you got, you have a little bit of an adrenaline junkie inside there if you're snowboarding. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like in the middle, you know, like I'm, I don't want to go super fast on a snowboard, but at the same time, cross-country skiing is freaking boring so i'm in the middle yeah i wish i could say i'm more of the speed demon type so no one wants to ride in the car with me that's so. not true i want to ride in the car all the time man you just never want to drive me i have to drive him everywhere it's just you know it's the arrangement and uh, i'm more in the middle i gotta say i like speeding plenty but i i also enjoy you know going slow you know just you know balance well it's like you're gonna bounce around you could like off-road a little bit like there's some some fun there right yeah oh yeah for sure yeah one day i want to ride in a drag car like i don't know if you guys have seen they're called top fuel drag cars like they have the long body the big tires in the back that long body and like the little little tiny wheels in front have you guys ever seen those cars Do they need the parachute to stop yeah 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 those those literally do okay zero to 100 miles per hour in less than one second that sounds ridiculous i didn't believe it when i first heard it i did the research it's true like literally your face is gonna do this <laughs> yeah so there's a part of me that wants to do that like i don't know why like things like that when i hear things like that something inside me is like you need to do that and i don't know where that comes from but yeah. Dreams will come true. Yeah, you'll, you'll do it one day. You'll do it. I believe you, Ryan. I believe in you. I mean, how long does it take an airplane to get up to that speed when they're taking off? Um, like when they actually punch a it, bit like longer. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe sixty seconds or something like that when they really gun it. So imagine that exponentially faster <laughs> yeah i mean it's almost unbelievable what's the fastest like 10, you've ever what's the fastest you've ever been in a car yourself yeah you got a speeding ticket oddly enough in that story you told so 
Oh, okay. Well, I'll answer, but then you guys answer. Cause my, I was only, remember I was going 10 miles over the speed limit. It was 75 because <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere. And it was, I was going 85, which I usually only go nine miles over the speed limit. Like I, because I feel like it's not worth it for them to pull me over if it's at, you know, nine, but I guess he wrote me up for 10. So 85. And I, I, you know, with my band, I'm just not, I like to be safe. So with my band, there was always a rule that you couldn't, because we were never in a tour bus. We were driving a van type thing and mm-hmm. um, couldn't drive. I didn't ever want anyone driving over 80. So everyone kept it at 79, but that's because it's 80. The steering wheel starts to shake. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think I've, I don't know. If, I'm sure I've been in a car with an idiot that's been like, look what I can do. And, have, you know, it's been like, and I've probably been screaming and they were probably driving 90, but only for a little bit. What about you? Sounds like you guys have done some more dangerous things. <laughs> I have done that uh, a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I maybe shouldn't say this on record, but I think I could have gone to jail a lot of times for like excessive <laughs> speed. I don't think you can be prosecuted for saying that now. Okay. All right. Or maybe I just maybe I just made it up. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Jen, like obviously you're here to talk about the music and everything like that, but what's like your number one passion like when you're spending all this time at home? Um, outside of music. I'm I'm pretty boring. Like I don't have a I don't do much besides the music. It's either music or I really should get into reading. I have stacks of books by my bed. Um, I go through them really slowly because it's really hard for me to be like, no, book, priority. Um, I, yeah, I'm really boring. Audiobooks? I can't think no. of. Say what? Audiobooks? No. I listen to, I listen to a lot of NPR walking around. Um podcast podcast i listen to um i listen to a little bit of the art of asking by amanda palmer does it she's on patreon um it's other artists so talking about music so i mean like i'm pretty like you know eat sleep breathe music no wonder no wonder you'd be so excited to come on you know, the most beloved show in the world about music. That makes so much sense to me now. Like it's really, it's clicking. I get it. Thank you. I should, I should get some outside interests. I really should. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, mm. <laughs> you know, when I need to like take a break, I do watch TV. And... Well, the, it's just funny to me. Like you say, Oh, I'm boring. And that's because in our society, we have this these weird like fake um character traits you know like for a person that's super exciting you know they do this they do skydiving they you know ride zebras and they go you know what i mean that's an exciting person and then it's like oh i'm boring i don't do anything except make cool music i know right (laughs) I I for the last 10 years and like i'm like, <laughs> I'm like one of the I'm yeah. one of the elite clan of, of, of musicians on the planet like, that's yeah. probably true though i mean i for 10 years it was like a different city every single day hmm. 
and it was exciting, but it was exhausting. And now I miss the performing, but I don't miss the touring. I don't, I am not to the point yet where I'm like, okay, where's the coffee shop this morning? And what time do we have to be at soundcheck? And where are we staying tonight? Like there's, I don't miss that yet. I might get to the point where I do, but right now being home, like I said, it's so fun to like not talk to anyone for like a month and just. It was probably a good time to recharge and clear your head and just recuperate, huh? Totally. And then if I get bored, you know, I don't get bored with music because there's so many different projects I'm working on with so many different people and different collaborators. So that really keeps me um, interested in if I get sick of something or if I don't feel like working on a certain project, I can, you know, start working on something else. And um, I have started reading a lot about cryptocurrency. So that's like my really boring. (laughs) Please, please do tell. I just think it's freaking fascinating. I just think Why? it is. What about it is fascinating? Um, I think, I guess the way that these groups are forming, first, how they make it, as best I can understand, how they make it, how they mine it, um, the different currencies, how some of it is um, like tools that you can build with. And I can't even like conceive like what does that mean like software tools like you can build websites with this currency like it's you know i just there's so much i don't understand how these groups form and how they self-govern in a way and how they decide what they want to be and how they want to be and um that it's i think it also just is interesting because it's gonna sound so nerdy but just that everything we have is a made-up construct like everything money is valuable because we all decide it's valuable and so now we have these new things oh my god this is the exact thing i've been harping on you've been you've been harping man two or three months it's like i can completely agree with you everything around us like a normal life normal society was an idea and in an individual's head at one point yes that a majority of people thought was a good idea. So it was generally accepted. But fact of the matter is it was an idea of an individual, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was an idea that helps us function together as a group better. Right. Like that's why things, that's why we come up with these things so that we can all live in (laughs) on one planet to some degree. Um, and then, but yeah, it is, it's all, somebody made it up and that's what cryptocurrency is. Some person made up the first cryptocurrency and then everyone was like, that's cool. And now <laughs> it's going to be worth this. It just blows my mind to watch them and to learn more about it. And um, that is so nerdy, but that's the only thing I can think of that's not music that I've been, you know, listening. You know what it is, Jen? I think, uh, I don't know if nerdy is the right word. I think you're just an intellectual. You're just a deep thinker. <laughs> you like to deep think and analyze and learn new things. And that's actually rare, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't run into a lot of people that, that want to take a step back and like, well, what about this? Or what about this? Why is, why is that the way it is? You know? I am analysis, par- analysis paralysis like all day every day. <laughs> Oh, I, if I don't have deadlines, if I don't have like a schedule with someone writing my calendar, like, yeah, it's, 
I can waste a lot of time in my head. <laughs> hey, you know, thinking about ideas, thinking about things is there's a peace, peaceful energy to it when you sit around and especially when you have a good conversation on it, like there's an energy to it. Yeah, it's good to think about. And we have a lot of time to think right now. So, <laughs> yeah. People had to learn how to think again, too. I, you know, cue, I don't know how many people were doing slow, it. Caught up in the interlude. <laughs> well, Jen, uh, do we don't want to, we don't want to keep you here all day long. But so much. This is great. No, I. We thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Huh. Thank you, Jen. Um, you're you're cool. so welcome. I yeah. Oh, thanks. You guys are cool too. Very unexpected. I had no idea what was happening today. I just knew. <laughs> I knew. Well, the thing is, podcast. I was calling at one o'clock. <laughs> we can cut. We kind of explain it to people, but they could never really know what it is unless they come on, and they're like, "This is different. This was." Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> it's a different experience each time because our like our utmost goal is to just try to get to know a person organically and authentically as best we can in the moment anyway. So um, we're not like, yes, we have questions we want to ask, but it's it's we really don't want it to be so structured that we can't just try to riff a bit. And, and so thank you for being such a good sport as well. Thank you. Yeah, boy, did we riff. Cryptocurrency. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. you got you got a great sense of humor and um, wit, so it was, you know, good time. Well, you guys too. It was it was a lot of fun. Like we that was that was pretty long, but it felt pretty good. Felt didn't feel <laughs> what two hours. Yeah, it's it it's, felt it's, right. longest <laughs> longest podcast I've ever done. I think for sure. Oh really? You know, it's funny is sometimes people get roped into um not knowing what they are. And then like two hours later, they're like, how do I pull the rib cord on this thing? <laughs> oh, no, hopefully that <laughs> you had a chance. You had your out a couple of times. I there. totally had. Yeah. I had an out and I, I clicked guys. You're clicking, <laughs> you're clicking subscribe is what you're saying. Is that I clicked subscribe? What, you're saying yes. we have a new, a new uh, biggest fan, new listener. Yeah. So if, if people, uh, if, you know, when I point them, like if they, people make it to the end of this podcast, that know <laughs> they will. How long have you been doing this? Well, um, do you mean like together or, or the show or what do you mean? The show, this specific. We launched the inside the sound channel, like as a brand in September. Oh, it's kind of new. Yeah, we played music for a long time with each other, and we also wanted to, we love talking and meeting new people. We love hearing people's stories. We learn something new from everyone we talk to. You know, we learn something new from you today. And, like, that experience is really awesome. And also for your fans, for our listeners, they get to, you know, know you on a little bit more of a, behind the scenes level, but also get to know what you're working on in the process and everything. So <laughs> and then um, I in cryptocurrency. I've never said that. Yeah. Loud, so. <laughs> That's okay. But for the for the whatever <laughs> percentage the sound. of your of your following that might also be into crypto and you reveal that and they go, whoa. Like it just that deepens that it layers that connection. And that's sort of we sort of pictured like trying to peel back that stage curtain just a little bit and let the artists that, that wanted to come on the channel, 
you know, be able to talk and be themselves in a way that's, you know, as, as authentic as we can. Like we, that's our goal here is like to create that environment so we can share this joy of music with everybody. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys pretty much got me to say that Newsies is my favorite movie. So that's, <laughs> that's quite an addition. Well, <laughs> you know, we have this, listen, Christian have Bale, Christian Bale was a Newsies. So you can't, can't, we have a it. segment on our show called guilty pleasures. Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. And we try to surprise each other with songs that we actually like that, that people would never guess that we would listen to on our own private time. So we have no shame with the things that we let out on inside the sound. Either. We're human beings. If you like it, you like it. If it's cool, it's cool to you. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, uh, what would where would you like to send our listeners uh as far as your content uh what's the best way to keep track of what you're doing um well it, the best way to keep track is probably spotify right now that's where i'm going to be putting things out um yeah but that doesn't doesn't pay anything so um <laughs> uh the my favorite place to send people is patreon because that's where i put every idea out every sketch of a song you know every music video um the musical it all comes out of patreon so that's the most interesting and most supportive place that's good to know awesome. no it's good to hear from the from the the actual creative person like where 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 are you going to get the most bang for your buck where how do you support me the right way you know good to know yeah both are important but i i, I really like patreon yay you can't see, but she's like, no. dancing. She's dancing. It's a patron. She's doing her new new signature dance. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Beaver. Uh, she's totally doing the neck thing. It's good. Beaver like Roxbury it. thing. Yeah. Oh man. Well, this is great. Thank Listen, you. Let me, so let me hit, yeah. Let me wrap up the recording real quick, folks. Um, well, we covered it all. I think I think we covered almost almost all. But stay tuned. More to come. As always, and we uh, we love you all. Thank you so much. Uh, do you want to say bye bye now? Bye. Bye now. 